Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being here. I am Tish Ross, and this is Collaborative Efforts. I prayed and asked God what it was that he wanted me to share with you guys this week. And there were a few different things that were laid on my heart. So I figured I would start with one or two and then see where he leads me next. I will say that transformation and fear of who I am supposed to be and then the words I have been everyone but myself came up louder and clearer than any other topics that I had heard. What is fear anyway? I mean, I looked up several different definitions of fear and I'll share some of them with you. According to Merriam-Webster, fear is defined as an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Additionally, fear is an emotion induced by perceived danger or threat, which causes, and this is, here's what I really liked, is because this is exactly what fear is, which causes physiological changes and ultimately behavioral changes, such as fleeing, hiding, or freezing from perceived traumatic events. Okay, I really loved this definition or the addition to this definition because fear is something that keeps people from living their lives. It keeps people from taking risks, taking chances, um, trying something new, moving out of our comfort zone. I think that fear, it is, okay, so it's an emotion. It is emotion. It is not, um, obviously, it's not a way to live, but most of us, for whatever reason, and I'll speak for myself when it comes to uh, fearful of trying new things, is because I I personally hate to try new things because I'm afraid of, of failure, and the being afraid of failing comes from being um, a perfectionist. I will say that I am a recovering perfectionist. And I am a reformed people pleaser. But fear for me in in trying new things, um, the root cause of being afraid was um, fear of failure. Um, But before we get started, I I want to go ahead and pray. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this very day. Thank you for being our good, good Father. We are grateful for our lives, Lord. And tonight I ask that you clear our hearts and our minds so that we can receive your words. I pray, God, that as each of us hear you, that we receive your love and your comfort and your peace, your confidence. And that as we embody those things, then we will be able to share them with others. Father God, we thank you for forgiving us and we thank you for your patience and your grace with us. And it is in Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Okay, so first I want to share the Bible verse, um, and it comes from Romans 12, 2, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard it, but it took a long time. I mean, I heard it, and I heard it, and I read it, but it took a long time for me to actually live by this scripture, or, or rather, yeah, apply this scripture to my, my own life. Um, but Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and perfect will. So that entire Bible verse, that is the, the scripture, God's word to, to live by. I mean, they all are, but this particular one in this particular subject matter that I'm talking about is it, when you break it down, <laughs> so many of us, I'm myself included, um, have conformed to the pattern of this world. Let's think about that for just a second. You can break it down in, in different ways, but one of the ways that I looked at it most recently, and of course, the meaning of it has changed. It changes continually as I continue to, to change and grow with God's Word. But when I was reading it, um, at some point in my life, I realized that conforming to the pattern of this world, and especially again where social media is is um, such a huge part of of people conforming, right? Like I, I noticed as my children were younger, um, when social media first came out, that they would post something and then they would go engage their um, success or their importance or. Um, does any did anybody read it? Did anybody like it? Does anybody um, does anybody care? <laughs> right. So they go back and they look, and then they measure themselves um, against the likes or the comments. And for me, I do this podcast in hopes that someone, just someone, will will gain something from it. I will say that if I would have started this podcast long ago, um, years ago, then I too would have been looking for um, measurement, um, measuring my success against, you know, how many people are listening to it, or how many people like it, or does anybody comment, or does anybody share, or does anybody care, or, you know, am I good enough, you know, uh, yes, I would have been that way. And that's why the Lord had me Wait, and he prepared me to when I was actually ready to do this this podcast. Um, it wasn't for myself anymore; it was for God. And when I ask people to share the podcast, it is not for me. It is so that other people may be able to hear uh, that they're not alone, or that they that they feel the same way, or they did think the same way, or that. Um, maybe one of the guests has tools that they can share with you that helped them to overcome or to heal or to give hope or encouragement. Um, those are the reasons. That is the reasons why I ask um, for you guys to share um, so that someone that needs to hear, whether it's my story or someone else's or your story, if you have a story that you'd like to share, please 
reach out to me, email me, um, and, and let me know. And I'm happy to share your story. My email address is tross3296 at gmail.com. So please send me your stories and I'm happy to, to interview you and share them with others. Um, but back to the Bible verse. Um, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to talk a little bit about a class that was offered at my church or that is offered at my church that has been such a huge tool or aid, I mean a gift um, that has helped me continue on in transforming the renewal of my mind because we are not we do not ever stop growing we don't ever stop learning we are constantly learning the only time you stop learning or the only time you stop growing is when you stop seeking you stop searching and then you stay stuck in a place in your life it may not be comfortable but if you're stuck in a certain place, you may be uncomfortable with the work that it's going to take to move out of that place. Because then what what, or who am I going to be if I'm not the person that was stuck in whatever place that you might be stuck in? So to transform by the renewing of your mind to get connected to other people, other groups, take classes and grow and change. Yes, it can be it can be frightening, but in order for us to not be frightened anymore, we have to take those steps. Because when you do, and then here comes this, the latter part of the verse, then then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and perfect will for your life. So, I'm going to confess some things. I, I have to confess that I, like I said earlier, that I am a recovering perfectionist. I used to be a people pleaser and almost uh, a majority or a lot of my life, I was, I was a chameleon. I could never say no to anyone for fear of disappointing them. The perfection in me actually came from being raised by, um, by one. And that was my dad. And, and again, I love my father and I'm grateful for everything that he taught me, all the good, um, that he shared with me. But if I'm, if I'm sharing how to move out of something, um, moving out of the way that I was raised, my dad was actually a a raging alcoholic and a perfectionist. And like I've shared before, it was just a terrible combination. Um, But I lived being that way. I I lived being um, all wrapped up in in being a perfectionist for almost my whole life. And, And it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that that I that I started realizing certain things about myself and I would say ironically but it's not and it's not coincidental either it is God's perfect timing but it was even it was then that I also started seeking um, the Lord I realized that 
Um, I didn't know how to think for myself. I seriously, I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I did not know how to think for myself because my entire life, I was told exactly how to do things, exactly how to do things. And if I didn't do them, um, uh, quote unquote, a perfect way, it was wrong. I didn't have a favorite anything because I couldn't think for myself. Um, People would ask, like I remember being in high school and people would ask other people and I was like, thank God they didn't ask me. But I asked myself, um, people were asking other people, hey, what's your favorite color? Or what is your favorite food? Um, What's your favorite flower? Or maybe they asked people, you know, where's your favorite restaurant? And the whole time they were asking other people, I was thinking, oh God, please don't come to me because I don't know. I don't know the answers to those questions because um, all that I knew was what my dad told me to do and how he told me to do it and not to... speak unless spoken to and to eat what was um, being served for supper and not to ask for something specific. You ate it, like it or not. I honestly, I honestly, I did not know how to act or what to say unless I was trying to say and agree with what other people were saying or I was trying to say and act Um, the way that I thought would please people. Therefore, I did not know anything about myself. I didn't even know who I was. And as the self-realization started, I I kind of got freaked out a little bit. I kind of freaked myself out um, because I started thinking that I remembered, I used to hear women say, I don't know who I am, or I'm trying to find myself. I used to think, how is that possible? Like, how do people not know who they are? And how are you trying to find yourself? How do you not, how do you not know? And the only reason I thought that was because I was being everyone but myself. I was being um, everyone's best friend. I was being um, the best girlfriend or the girl that was broken up with, or I was being um, a sister, or I was being a wife, or I was being a a soon-to-be mother. But when it came down to who I actually was, or someone asking me, who am I? I didn't know who I was. I didn't know until I started seeking Christ and really until Christ led me to um, seek counseling. I started realizing that I'm learning at, I think I was 26 years old, I'm learning about who God created me to be. You, you and I, we were made on purpose 
for a purpose. You, you and I are made in the image of Christ. You have a gift and a passion all of your own that someone needs. So I want to share with you Um, Just a few things this week as I've gotten older and and in my 50s, now my reflection has become deeper. And so if you're younger and you're listening or if you're older and you're listening and you're still not sure who you are or if you know someone who is struggling with trying to figure out who they are, as we get older, we get wiser, right? Right? Like my reflecting um, on myself and my life is something that I pray is going to help somebody else. You see, you are authentic. You were made to be different. You and I were not made to be like everyone else. We're not made to act or look like everyone else. I can say from personal experience that that is so freaking exhausting. It is so exhausting to try to be like everyone else. I spent so much time and energy and so much money trying to look like or dress like or fix my hair like or talk like, um, even smell like others. Like I was buying all the best clothes or I was buying or wearing all of the um, great smelling perfumes. I apologize again for my dogs. I was trying to fix my hair like somebody's that I, I saw because I just thought, oh, that's so cute. And I, she gets all this attention and I want to look like that. Um, or these polo shirts and polo jeans long ago that I used to buy because this person would get all these compliments because of the way that they dressed. I want to be like that. I wanted to fit in. I wanted acceptance. I wanted to be liked. And I was so afraid of finding out who I really was. Because what if no one liked me? So because of that fear, I knew nothing about myself. And with that... I didn't value myself, but I found out that later on in my life, I was in a crossroads. I needed to know that question that I used to think all those old ladies used to ask themselves, who am I? I've lost myself in being what everyone else needed me to be. What is my life actually all about? When I started asking me myself those questions, then the Lord laid on my my heart, my mind, and in my spirit, okay, it's time to get unstuck. It is time to get out. The transformation was on. I had to stop changing the way that I looked on the outside and change what was going on inside. Because no matter what I changed on the outside, my hair, my clothes, my makeup, my, the way I talked, 
the way that I tried to please people, all of that was very temporary. And so for all those years, I, I was trying to be accepted by being something and someone that I wasn't. So let's talk about transformational thinking. Let's move out of the place of look what happened to me or look what was done to me. Because when we do that, we imprison ourselves there. And we don't want to live in our past because our past doesn't define who we are. Let's think about who am I created to be? And I used to think, how do I start doing that? How do I find that? Because I have no clue. Well, in one of my counseling sessions, self-love is one of the first things that my counselor told me about. And I thought, oh my gosh, how do I love someone that I don't even know? Well, it's needed in order to find out who you are. And it's not selfish to love yourself. In fact, it is selfish to not love yourself. We get so caught up in studying everybody else and studying what everyone else is doing that we forget to study ourselves. You've got to get to know who you are. You've got gifts to bring to the table. You've got gifts to share with others. Find out what makes you passionate. What do you love to do? And how can you gift others with it? I'm going to share with you a little bit about what helped me in terms of finding out a little bit more about transformational thinking. There is a class and it is offered if you are seeking for a way to communicate differently with others. There, there are always different ways to start the transformation, right? So mine started with God and then it started with counseling and then it started with um, taking classes and getting to know who I am. And so I have, and the most recent class that I want to share with you that if, if you can, you can go online, um, you can uh, hopefully find a group or, or a facilitator or a teacher, someone that is offering the class and teaching it. But if you live in the, the Crowley, Burleson, Fort Worth area and you want to take a class that will help you to transform your mind like we were talking about, the class that I have taken, and now I've taken it twice, it's a communications class. And this communications class is currently offered at um, Pathway Church in Burleson, Texas. The teacher, her name is Connie Cox. And the class that she teaches, um, it, it it is her gift. It is her gift. It has transformed 
my life. It has transformed my way of thinking. And because my way of thinking is being transformed, then curses are being broken in my family. Relationships are being renewed because of the transformational way of thinking, the way of communicating. So I have to tell you, when I registered for this class, I, I literally saw that it was just, it was a communications class. And when I read that it was a communications class, I thought, oh, I love to communicate. Um, I want to learn how to communicate better or more effectively, more efficiently. And when I was thinking about communications, I was thinking about public speaking or um, something that was going to better equip me for my podcast or the YouTube channel that I had thought about doing. And so I registered for the class. And I'm going to tell you how amazing God is, as if you already didn't already know. But he is so amazing that hidden in this communications um, registry was very small in the print and I actually didn't see it until I got my um, materials. I received my book that was um, required to, to have in order to take the class and underneath it, it says non-violent. So the class is called NVC or nonviolent communications. And had I saw or read that it was nonviolent, a nonviolent communication class while I was registering, I probably would not, no, I would not have registered for it because I thought, well, I don't need that class. I'm, I'm not a violent communicator. I don't, um, that's not for me. I don't feel like I, I, have issues communicating in a, in a violent or a nonviolent way. Okay. I, it was, it was a God thing because I got into this class. Um, I went ahead and went, even though I was a little bit leery and skeptical because I thought, okay, it says nonviolent and I'm not a violent person. But once I started taking the class, it is so much more. It, it, it has changed. It has changed the way that I communicate with my family, my daughter, my son, my husband. I have learned from this class to actually, um, instead of reacting to someone who might be, um, testing the Jesus in me, I'll say, <laughs> when, when someone might be saying something that um, I feel like that I, that I might need to defend um, myself, or maybe I feel like they are purposely offending me. I, I used to, and I shared this with Connie, I, I used to use that little term, um, kill them with kindness, right? So someone comes in and they are saying something to me that I, that I feel like I need to defend or I feel like they are attacking me. 
And I used to think, you know, I'm just going to kill them with kindness because I want them to feel bad about themselves the rest of the day. And here's the thing. I was like tormenting myself the rest of the day thinking, I wonder if they feel as bad as I wanted them to feel by killing them with kindness. Um, So not what that phrase means. It is so not what that phrase means, right? To kill, to, to kill someone with kindness. I, I, you know, we, we actually want people to, I used to want people to feel as bad as they made me feel. So after taking this class though, I don't feel that way anymore. When someone comes at me, or if I feel like they're coming at me, this class teaches you to to look at this the person um, in the most Christ-like way, non-judgmental. There is a, a hurt or a need within that person right? They're not attacking you. There is, there is a need. There is something that they are needing. There is a desire. There is something that is going on with them themselves. And when you respond to somebody and you respond to the need and you don't react, you want to respond with kindness. You want to respond with love because at the end of the day, when you have ulterior motives like I used to. I'm going to kill them with kindness because I want them to feel as badly as they made me feel. That doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't do them any good to feel bad about themselves. It doesn't do me any good to make them want to feel bad about themselves. All of that is ugly and it's dark and it's evil. But when you when you meet somebody's need with love... They feel better about themselves and you feel better about yourself at the end of the day. And there was also the scripture that Connie had mentioned um, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay, so if I had in the past, in the years past, if I had loved my neighbors the way that I didn't love myself because I didn't love myself, um, there would be a whole lot of hating going on between my neighbors and I. But the fact that I was so afraid of who I was and because I didn't know who I was and because I was so busy pleasing people that I didn't even get to know my neighbors, which is very unfortunate because I'm, I'm quite certain my neighbors were probably very lovely. Um, I just never gave anybody the chance because I didn't know who I was. I was afraid of finding out who I was. I was afraid of taking risks. I was afraid of communicating with people because I felt like everybody that was communicating with me would maybe see who I really was. And so then I would have to defend myself. There is so much that we can learn from one another when we truly know who we are. And it is whose you are that is most important 
for you to realize you are made in the image of Christ. There is no one on this earth like you. So we have to stop trying to be like everybody else. That doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't do me any good to try to be like somebody that I'm not. That's, that's them. That's not me. It doesn't do anybody any good to try to fulfill being some, like somebody else because that's their purpose, not mine. It's not yours. So dig deep. Seek Christ. What makes you passionate? And I can bet once you find out what you are passionate about, you have the gift to convey or to teach or to share or to give that gift to someone else like no other. I, 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 and I can tell you this because one of the gifts that I was given was the gift of um, being able to connect with and teach children. My passion, one of my passions, and one of my gifts is being able to connect with and teach children. And I was blessed with 14 years of coaching children and sharing God's love with them. And it was the most comfortable that I had ever been because I was most passionate about about it. As I've grown and as I grow out of who I thought I was supposed to be or what I what others wanted me to be, I'm learning that I have gifts in different areas. And I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. No one is and no one ever will be and I never will be. And I don't even strive for perfection anymore because then I'm setting myself up for failure. I can't be that. I'm not going to be that. And I don't want to be that. But what I do know is that as I seek God's wisdom and as I seek God's discernment and as I seek God's guidance and as I start to love myself and to seek who it is that he created me to be, what is his purpose for me, then I serve the greater purpose and the greater purpose that I'm serving is God. And then I get to share my gifts with others. And I have been blessed by others who have shared their gifts and their talents with me. So I encourage you, I invite you to seek God, to seek his purpose for you, to love yourself, to give your permission to love to give yourself permission to love yourself because it is not a selfish thing to do. In fact, it is selfish not to love yourself. And to find out where your passions lie and what your gifts are because someone is waiting on you to share your gifts with them because they need you. I'm looking forward to next week. 
I am going to be interviewing a young lady. Her name is Christy Woods. She was homeless, and she was also um, an addict. And Christy found God, and she's going to share what she found by seeking Him, what He has told her that she needed to do, and the gifts that she has shared with so many other homeless people. I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. And I want you to hear this scripture again before I leave you. Romans 12, 2. Before I say it, I want you to go deep within yourself. Go deep within your core. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And exhale. And let this scripture right now be between just you and God. You and God. You guys are the only ones in the room. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. God's good and perfect will for you. Until next time, guys, this is Tish Ross signing off.